pressing buttons. Yeah, I'm totally fucking around. <clears throat> What's good, y'all? Touchdowns and tangents here. Shout out to P for just saying that's the worst intro I've ever heard. <laughs> I was like, okay, it was dead air for like five seconds. Relax. It was more than five seconds. In my head, it was only five seconds. But anyway, last episode of the decade. And the year. It's been a long time coming. Kenneth Barry here. Serve. Pete's like stranded in the IE, blew his tires up. All bad. It's insane. I'm just glad you didn't get stuck in the grapevine. Yeah. Because that shit was bad. See, you confused me in the text. I thought he was in the grapevine. That's why I was like, oh, shit. Because somebody, they shut down the whole grapevine. Yeah. Like, every way you could get back for him. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, 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 it's done. Yeah. On top of that, they found a dead trucker in the in his, Yeah, big I rig. heard that. That's sad. Horrifying. <laughs> but, um... We'll get to more stuff being found dead in a truck. I'll make that make sense later. Don't Mm. worry. Um, Speaking of making things make sense, we're going to get to Drake later. So. Oh, man. (sighs) We had like the bitch sound effect on here, but it's gone for some reason. Just really kind of upset about that. So it's just okay. So before we get everything started, just want to say shout out to our affiliates. Most importantly, obviously, Good News Radio, Good News Sports. Shout out to rest of our affiliates. Oh man, there's so many in the name. I just I can't remember them all. I really I'm like the worst person sometimes when it comes to remembering people's names. I will remember your face in the context of whatever our conversation was, but your name I will forget that shit smooth and play it off. You won't even know. Like I forgot your name a couple times, sir. Oh, I know. My name is not easy to remember. But it's like I no, have you a said it. Face. Like you said it like two seconds, and then I forgot it again. Yeah. And I was like, oh. That's why I stick with serve. Serve is way easier than trying to figure out. Trying to remember Servan. That's why I say to serve. That is true. That is very true. But, um, yeah. Shout out to all those affiliates out there. The, the, they're just growing by the numbers. It's It's kind of crazy to think about how we started out and how, like, all the people that we've built relationships with that we're cool with. Shout out to T Biggs, full press coverage. Love y'all. Man, this is where people be like, you're trash right now. You're mm-hmm. definitely trash right now. And I kind of am, because I mean, shit, my voice box pretty much blew out this week. Like, it's a miracle that I'm talking right now. But anyway, speaking of miracles, how was your Christmas? Um, I had a decent Christmas. Um,. I wasn't able to spend it with, you know, my immediate family up north um, or with my brother who's uh, in Japan serving our country. Thank you, by the way, for those who serve our country out there in those holiday times um, when you want to be with your family. Um, But it was cool. It was chill. I've had a lot of interesting Christmases. So this Christmas was a pretty chill one. How was yours? Uh, it was dope. Shout out to X Squad affiliates, by the way. 
<laughs> Free keys. Just slip it. Nah, I wanted to. I wanted yeah. to say it. I just wanted to say yeah. Free our guy. You already know what it is, free mo. But um, it was cool. Got my mom a coffee maker. Oh, nice. Hi, mom. And it's like she's like, I've wanted this for like the past five years, and you finally got it for me. Oh. In years past, she probably did say she always wanted a coffee maker, and I just never got her one. I got her everything else she wanted. Mm-hmm. But when I got her the coffee maker, it's like she turned into a five year old girl again. Oh, that's cute. She was just like, oh, my God, I'm so happy you got me a coffee maker. And sometimes I forget, like, I'm so anti-coffee that some people, like, a, a brand-new state-of-the-art coffee maker. Yeah, it can do a lot. Like, that's I, their life right there. Uh, like, I bought my parents an air fryer, and they were pretty geeked. Because I've been using it's air fryer. It's on sale at Target right now. Yeah, I've been, my, my roommate won an air fryer, and we've been using that motherfucker like crazy and it's the best thing i'm going to buy myself air fryer I'm about to so we're gonna have one. two in the house i'm gonna buy one and put it on my credit card it's worth it it's worth the investment people invest in an air fryer it's healthy it's quicker and it's better and they got um shit they should sponsor me well ninja this, foodie or somebody whatever this, brand y'all this want podcast is open to sponsorship and it's definitely open to air fryer sponsorship. Me sponsorship or we. Me, me and Pete, me and Pete trying to lose weight. I've lost three pounds since I've been Shout in the gym. Shout out to all the Nug brands out there that's in we on We Maps. I'll help you out. I'm saying touchdowns and tangents. Just go to our website. <laughs> Any questions you might have or need, email us. It's all there. But yeah, I mean it was dope. The fact that. It's weird. This year, I just got a bunch of stuff that like I needed, and like one of the, a couple of those gifts um, were petty, and one of them which came from my grandmother. <laughs> my grandma gave my mom some money to get me like a wallet. <laughs> so you never had a wallet? This whole no, time? I've always had a wallet, but I'm like my grandfather in that I will have the same jacked up, war torn wallet for like 15 years. Like this is what it looks like, as opposed to my other one, which is all. It's kind of beat up. Sleep. I mean, the, the the old one is still good, but it's just beat up. And my grandma was like, if I know anything about my grandson, he probably put duct tape on the wallet just like his grandfather did. And my mom was like, yeah, he's done that before. I'm still mad at my, my Ninja Turtle wallet got stolen a couple of years ago on my birthday. No, it wasn't my birthday, but it was close. I'm still mad, mad about that shit. I love that wallet. <clears throat> but yeah, it was fun. It was... uh. Got a lot of sleep when I wasn't, like, horribly sweating and trying to fight off fever. But most importantly, I had got off work early on Christmas Eve. And that's when I went and got my mom a coffee maker. And just and I ran into a childhood friend of mine. Ran into another friend who, like, is a cop now. So that was kind of awkward. Because all those years, I remember he would say, fuck 12. And it's like, you're a cop now. Mm-hmm. And his daughter was right there, and I was just like, wow. Like, it made me really like, oh, damn. Life is, this decade went by really quick. He's like, the last time we saw each other, we were slap boxing. And it's true, we were. Like, it was just messing around. I was like, did we get suspended? He's like, nah. But we probably almost, we almost did. It's just funny, like, when you run into people years later, mm-hmm. and it's like, damn. Like, it's you go, crazy, you go yeah. through the day-to-day, you live your life. And then you see somebody from way back when, and it's like, mm-hmm. oh, wow. I've grown. I'm all adulting. and ugh. First off, Pete's over here texting me. We've already started the show, Pete. Relax. 
that? I'm so mad. I'm mad that like he's texting. Oh, you bastard. Is that him calling in? <laughs> yup. Oh, Lord. And this mouse is retarded. Hold on. Hello, caller. State your name and where you're calling from. I have a feeling I know who this is, though. And turn your back. TD turn your life off in the background. The other half of touchdowns and tangents. Isn't it a third um, now? Oh, it's still half. I'm just a little. You're, you're, I'm a little you're side. Like, no, not a little side. That's gonna make me look. Can you guys weird. hear me? Yeah, we can hear yeah, you. Yeah, just turn your life down in the background a little bit. Oh, my bad. Sorry to interrupt you guys' compelling intro. <laughs> Oh, wow. He's hating. Coming in hating. Hating. My name is Pete, and I'm a hater. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, that's how he came in. But, y'all, but Merry Christmas, you guys. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. How was your Christmas, Pete? It was. It was. Did you get a hairline for Christmas? Oh, my God. It was a lot. I got a flat tire on Christmas Eve. I'm still stranded in my grandma's house, but. Other than that, I mean, I went to the Lakers Clippers. Lakers took that L, and so it was. It was a. I had to drive back in a rainstorm. Um, but yeah, man. Other than that, let's just say it was an experience. I, I can believe that. Did you get a hairline for Christmas? No, actually, I didn't. Well, I at least you got a Clippers. You got a Clippers victory, so that's a start. Yep. Like honestly, why did LeBron have the ball at the end of the game when AD was right there? I just I, I need answers to that question. Because the game was already over. No, that last possession. The, Clippers, I mean, the Lakers already ran. We're running out of gas. They're running out of gas, but like LeBron shouldn't have had the ball for Beverly to even be able to strip it and knock it out of his hand. AD should have took the last shot. Like, I don't get how LeBron doesn't understand this. You're not the clutch guy that we go to at the end of the game for the shot. Yeah, I didn't I didn't call it who you talk about basketball. But. I know. I just wanted to tell you that because I was mad and cursing the whole time I was watching it. And I was like, I'm seeing your tweets. And I was like, so you're just going to sit up here and act like, yeah, it's totally okay for LeBron to get the game-winning three when I can't name any game-winning threes LeBron's had. But what, what did you call in for, Pete? Yeah, what did you call in? To be petty? I just wanted... I can't, I can't talk on my own show now. All right. <laughs> no, don't I hang up. You're here now. <laughs> You're here now. I want I to talk about Marshawn Lynch going to the Seahawks. That was a waste of Skittles. His, his intro back. Like, I'm from East Oakland, and we were all about being flashy and doing random shit that has people... Going, what did he just do? But I was I was mortally offended. Like I know my mom ran track against his mom in high school, but like that was way too many. You wasted a whole lot of skittles, and I was upset by it. Yeah, I mean, on one hand, like I really don't think he has that much left. Like I was happy when the Raiders got rid of him, but on the other hand, like I mean, you're already down three running backs. Yeah. What do you have to lose? Chris Carson fractured his hip. Uh, Rashad Penny tore his ACL, I think, in the Niners game. Um, They've been lost. I forget who. Uh, the Notre Dame running back? De- was it Dexter Williams? Prozize. Yeah, CG no, Prozize. CJ Prozize. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, you have terrible pronouncing Notre Dame running backs' names. I really am. Like, that's your team, too. 
But anyway, they got a bowl adjacent, game coming up. Adjacent to my team. Adjacent. <laughs> <laughs> now, anytime they play but USC, yeah, also, oh, you should, Notre Dame's killing it. Tantrum about that trash ass movie we saw last week. <laughs> Uh, Queen and Slim? No, I'm just kidding. I'm not gonna sit up here and say Star Wars is trash. You think oh, really? it was trash? I thought said, Mancini said, agreed with me. You so said, you lost. You said it was trash after the movie. I said some of the things they did direction wise with how the, the some of the things they did was trash. Yes, it was. But how they ended it—that's the best way you could end it. Like how they got there was gross and muddy. And kind of stupid, but how they ended it—that's the best way you could do it. And if they start up another trilogy, hopefully in twenty years. But like I told you, um, my whole thing is when you look back at these three movies, like, what are you going to say the point was? That Anakin is a total dickhead. Like Anakin just looks the worst in this. Why? Why do you say that? Think about it. <laughs> Oh my goodness, Mantini's his take just made me laugh. But I sit up here and I think about how Adam Driver throws his lightsaber away after killing his father, or Ben, I should say, Ben Skywalker throws away his lightsaber. Wow, you're totally just spoiling the movie. You didn't have to even spoil the movie, but man, that's not you already are. You you wanted to talk about it? If you haven't seen Star Wars by now, miss me with that. You should have seen it by now. It was Christmas. The movie theaters are always open on Christmas. Dude, it's here. the day after Christmas. I understand a week is the it's day been, after. It has, it's been, barely, it's been over a week. It's barely been a week. Uh, a week nonetheless. Bro, relax. It's been a week. Anyways, People have been busy with their the homes. The only thing I'm trying to say is, like, when you, when you look at these movies, like, what did they actually add to, like, the culture? And it was like not everything has to add to the culture. That's that's what I'm saying is like it was really just a movie just to make merch and just for the sake of making another Star Wars trilogy. Like that's really all it was. They essentially took like they just cherry picked a bunch of stuff from the first six movies and applied it how they saw fit. And they also just said, Hey Ryan Johnson, you know that thing that you did? We're going to retcon yeah. everything. Like, they just retconned the entire trilogy, pretty much. And like I told you, movies get sequels if it breaks the box office. They get trilogies if the merch is, sales are great. Uh, speaking of merch, even though, kind of bring it back to what you originally brought up, like, about Marshawn Lynch, do you think that this is like a, like a, a like a, like a money play for them to to kind of bring Marshawn Lynch out of nowhere? Is it just for like, you know, I get it for the logistics of like the game and trying to. It would be cheap. But also too, like, don't you think that a lot of fans will be like, oh, like they'll have more of that following again? Or is, or do you think they're not even concerned or worried about that at all? No, I don't think it's that only because, you know, Marshawn never really officially retired. So Which I'm sure it was a situation where his agent <laughs> kept in contact, you know, with various teams saying, hey, you know, we're, we know you guys don't have a spot for us right now or whatever, but, you know, we're, we're staying in shape. You know, he's ready to go. You guys need him type of situation. 
And I'm sure he did that with the Seahawks, you know, who he has a relationship with. I'm sure he did it with a few teams, but ultimately the Seahawks, they had an opening. And so I guess what I'm trying to say is I feel like it was a situation to where they always knew he was kind of like their fifth running back, even though he wasn't with the team. But now he's with the team. And now it's his time. And it's kind of like the ending to the Star Wars trilogy. It's like everything comes home. Oh, like, my God. It is. It's a perfect Hollywood no, ending. Not. He comes back no, to a team not. where he became no, a legend, arguably the greatest running back in franchise that. history. Okay. I'm just saying, let's say he scores a touchdown and has one more great run in him, and he helps them win the game. Or he uh, I mean, I think we talked he, about it before. He gets the ball I on the one-yard line. I think he's a player who has, you know, a good game in him or a couple good games in him. But in terms of being like a consistent guy that can yeah, you know, get you four yards, even when there's eight or nine guys in the box, I don't know if he's that guy anymore. But could I see him get 80 yards and, you know, 30 receiving yards and a touchdown in a playoff game? Yeah, for sure, definitely. That's what I'm saying. Like, he would be enough to where the defense has to respect your run game ability. And, yeah, they might actually give him the ball on the one-yard line this time. I mean, I think at this point it's like, well. It's a feel-good story. have Lynch or whatever Robert Turbin. Robert Turbin, who they cut and brought back because he played with the Colts for a little bit. So you got Robert Turbin and Marshawn Lynch. Yeah. I think what, Travis Homer? I don't know if Travis Homer's hurt, but it's kind of like, yeah, I would probably call Marshawn too. And the fact that he's still willing to be, he's even, they're only even willing to come back shows, hey, I mean, Earl Thomas, that situation can't be salvaged. Richard Sherman, but at least they did right by Marshawn. Now, it's funny how, like, they need him now. Like when they really need, when they really should have used him, they didn't, and then they threw him away. But now they actually need him, so it's funny how life works. It's all cyclical, and now they need him. So I think it's a, uh, I think it's fantastic that he's coming back, and I think the Raiders misused him, and I think he should have had a thousand yards his first year in Oakland. To be honest, nah. but now he could have. The way Derek Carr nah. was throwing the ball everywhere, being trash. There's no reason why Marshawn Lynch couldn't have had a thousand yards had he been given more touches early in the season. Yeah, I'm not with you on that one, but go ahead. Go back and look at the stats. Go look at the stats and go look at how much they weren't giving him the ball. And even when they weren't giving Marshawn the ball on the one-yard line, and everybody freaked out about it his first year in Oakland when he had like 896 or something like that. I think that's how many rush yards he had. But I think – he probably got three more game, three more good games left in him. If they're going on a Super Bowl run, I say this is like the most you'll see of Marshawn. This is the best. Which, by the way, it's ironic because the film about him that I went and saw, Marshawn from that director. It's funny how he comes back, and I gotta watch that film again because it was really good. And I'm gonna watch it again and. It's, and see how I'm just making note of like how the media and everyone's excited that he's back now. But you got y'all got to go back and watch that Marshawn Lynch documentary. Yeah, 
was really good. So yeah, it's really interesting that now that he's back, the media loves him. And like his mom said, like um, he has his own soul food restaurant in Oakland. He has a chef. He's been working out. It's not like he's been doing nothing. I mean, he still like will eat. Probably he still shows up with a car full of Skittles. And some of these younger teammates are inspired by him by seeing him. But I mean, it's. I think I would say this because I think what ha- what's happening with Marshawn might happen with Cam Newton next year. If they bring him back, I think if Cam Newton comes back healthy at all next year, they're not going to look at him as the franchise guy. He's clearly not the guy anymore. You saw what DJ Moore did and Christian McCaffrey did without him. Cam comes back. Let's say he becomes a spot starter, wins a couple of games, nah, and they decide they're going to trade him. Bro, I, I don't I, – I think they're going to – Major stretch. Cam Newton, if he even is, comes back, was drafted a Pan- Panther. He took the Panthers to a Super Bowl, which we're going to get to that later. Just turning thirty years old, like major foot injuries, situation. though. Major foot injuries, totally different situation. And Kyle out, yeah, but they might use him the same way. They fired Ron Rivera. He bro. plays quarterback, and Kyle they, Allen they, evened they, out towards <clears> the end of the season. So, but they, yeah, I get that. But there's Will Greer there, and they also used. Let's be honest. They used Cam's best years as using him as a running back and not a quarterback. Can we be honest? When he finally got her offensive coordinator, it was too late. Let's just keep but it a buck. That's always what Cam was. That's where he was when he came to the league. Nah, but if okay, Lamar Jackson. What was he? That's his first year get, in the league. That's how you get. That's how you get Lamar. That's how you get Cam Newton to a Super Bowl in five years or whatever. Mm, no. I think had they put more people around him, he wouldn't have had to do as much, especially in the run game. He had people around him. Deshaun, no, um, D'Angelo Williams was kind of on his last leg. Yeah, also was his best receiver, but he had had Ted Ginn Jr. No, he didn't. No, not those Super Bowl years. McCaffrey just recently got there two years ago. No, I know, but I'm saying during then he had um, D'Angelo Williams and John Stewart. Stewart was always it was hurt. Like his backs were washed. They were hurt. Stewart was washed. Stewart's been washed for like five years. If we keep nah, it at a buck, he was still solid. Nah, bro, he was hurt. Even the year he had like ten touchdowns, I think the Super Bowl year, I think he only averaged like three point eight yards a carry. He's been hurt for a minute. And D'Angelo Williams, they just didn't want to. He wanted the ball way more than they were going to give it to him. It was a work done Mike Vick situation. All right, man, we're on the tangent. That's the point of this show. <laughs> but anyway, so on to the next topic, and we're gonna double back to Cam towards the end because you can't really talk about this decade of sports without Cam Newton. Well, you guys keep talking about bringing people coming back, but you guys also, what about Big Ben from the Steelers? Oh, speaking of people that I don't really care if they come back or not, because I mean he blocked me on Twitter. <laughs> Shout out to Ben Roethlisberger blocking me and a bunch of, and like half the world on Twitter. Um, yeah, he announced that he's coming back next year, and then he blocked a bunch of people on Twitter. And honestly, now I just feel like it's a badge of honor. Shout out to Katie Nolan, who's like, this is a badge of honor for everyone who got blocked. 
And Rich Eisen's like, I didn't get blocked. I'm just saying. <laughs> it means more that you blocked me than it means that you didn't block me. So I'm going to just take that because I tried to Google it and I, his name wouldn't come up. I was like, damn, Ben really blocked me. But I've said a lot of shit about Ben Roethlisberger that I stand on and I'd say to his face. So there goes that. <clears throat> but anyway, so speaking of being blocked and coming back next year, the Cincinnati Bengals, with their loss to, I think, the Dolphins, they uh, pretty much locked up the number one overall pick. And their first-round pick this year, Alabama left tackle uh, Jonah Williams tore his tricep, popped his tricep the same as Billy Price did last year. He's been done for the whole year. And now they have the number one overall pick. And I'm just saying, like, all their top picks have been cursed. Like, their their last, like, four first-round picks have all been on season-ending IR at one point. Willie Jackson, um, the Texas Tech tackle, guard, whatever he is now, Jonah Williams. I mean, what what's your what's your hopes, expectations for the Bengals? Because if they get Chase Young, that might just be the kiss of death. Or if they get Joe Burrow, that might be the kiss of death, too. So, like, what, what do you what do you what do you see? What's up with the Bengals, Pete? Damn, the duppies. Damn, the sleep apnea side. Why? Why are we talking about the Bengals in Week Seventeen of the NFL season? Because they they won by losing first, and all their draft picks the past five years have all gotten injured. So it's kind of a big deal, like. If you're Joe Burrow, do you really want to go first in the draft? If you're Chase Young, do you really want to go first in the draft? I think the bigger issue is it's kind of they're kind of like in the situation that the Cardinals are in last season, where it's like uh, it's not really the coach's fault, but the coach isn't really helping, and it's like because he's Zach okay, Taylor. Yeah, do you want to give this guy a quarterback? Because if he's not it as far as a coach then you're looking at putting that influence on your QB and then giving him a new offensive coordinator in year two, which makes, you know, year one to year two is the year where you're supposed to have the jump. So having a new offensive coordinator just kind of delays that further. So is that what the Bengals are going to do? Like, I don't know. And, you know, in terms of defense, I think, I think if everyone says if Burrow and LSU wins a title and he comes out and he is what everyone says he is, I don't I don't see a reason why you don't take that number one overall. Oh. As great as a defensive player is, I mean, when it really comes down to it, though, and you have to decide, do I want an elite offensive player or an elite defensive player? In this day and age, you go with quarterback, especially if you're a team like Bengals that really hasn't had a quarterback like in three decades, two decades. Because Andy Dalton's been trash, and and, and AJ Green pretty much been hurt all year. He's done for the but, year. Uh, and that's just the other part of it too. So it's like you know, do you get a new coach, and like, do you bring back AJ Green? John Ross was on the trade block for a bit. Like, you know, 
what sort of situation are like where are, are the Bengals really at? Like are they really are they ready to start trading away Dunlap and Geno Atkins? Are and they, you know, those players that are twenty nine, thirty years old at the apex of their careers, like are they re- ready to go full rebuild or is it a matter of like, okay, we just need a quarterback and we're right back where we were two years ago? Which is like what, third in the AFC North? Because Lamar Jackson, a wild card team, a contending wild card team, but yeah, so but yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. If you look at the quarterbacks in this so. division, you got Baker, Lamar, and apparently Ben Roethlisberger. The Bengals just have Andy Dalton and Ryan Finley. So even if you throw in a quarterback, his left tackle of the future is hurt. His offensive line is in shambles. That's why Joe Mixon had no help. You got a good receiving core, but A.J. Green is kind of a shadow of himself. Tyler Eifert's a shadow of himself. himself. He hasn't even played. With those injuries, and I don't know. And then you got Tyler That's Eifert. What I'm saying. We don't we really don't know because he has he has not played. Like But it's a foot injury and you know, an ankle slash foot injury and receivers need their feet and ankles. And as someone who's torn a ligament or two or three or seven, it don't always heal the way you want it to. They the original prognosis was that he would miss like six weeks. He's missed the whole season. So you risk him getting hurt. Would again. you want to come back to this Bengals team? No, Tyler Boyd putting Tyler Boyd putting up numbers though. That's why he on got a contract. contract no, Tyler Boyd got a new contract this year. No, AJ Green is in a contract. Year. Yeah, but I'm saying is AJ Green even in the number one receiver on this team anymore? Going forward, yeah. Even though Tyler Boyd is clearly getting most of the catches and targets, AJ Green hasn't played. I know that, but you like you said. If they don't blow up the franchise, well, what does this offense and roster look like? You got injuries at every position, practically. Clint Bowling retired. He was a longtime guard. So now you got to go to the draft and get a guard, a free agency, and get a guard. Hope that Jonah Williams is healthy. They've tried everything with Jake Fisher, who was a tight end, to an H-back, to a guard, to a tackle, to a fullback. I don't know what the hell he is now. And A.J. Green might be healthy. And you have Andy Dalton making a crap ton of money. So I think they're going to have some tough decisions to make. I could see A.J. Green never coming back to the Bengals. Honestly. I'm like, why would you? Like, why would you? Oh, this is a re- How many receivers are in this draft? A They'll lot. probably go to the Patriots. Don't say that. He'll probably go to Arizona. And Fitz will retire. Yeah, he'll probably go to the Patriots. If I was him, I would go to Arizona. Because you know you're going to get the ball. They don't have any tight ends. Why would you want to go to the AFC West and play the Rams and the Seahawks and the 49ers six <clears> times a year? I don't know. He, they yeah, might get like they it. If they throw him a bag, <laughs> let's be honest, the Packers aren't yeah. going to throw a bag to get A.J. Green, even though that's really smart the to do. The Patriots will. Nah, the, I think the, the Patriots will, will draft a bunch of receivers. The Patriots will give him a one-year contract. He'll come in. If he stays healthy and puts up godly numbers, they'll give him a, a deal or trade him. Like, that's nah. what they do. 
Belichick is still in charge. They get players like AJ Green who are great, been hurt, but not all those, in the right situation. Not all those receivers make it. Like Chad Johnson could still play when he went to New England. Yeah, but AJ Green is not Chad Johnson. Right He's now. better. I get it. Way better than Chad Johnson was when they were at the, this point in their career. I give you that, <laughs> but I could see him going somewhere where he's going to get paid. And they'll at least have a chance to make the playoffs. All right, man. We're spending too much time on the Bengals. Yeah, I'm kind of grossed out by it. <clears throat> anyway. Like, I'm grossed off by your cough. Yeah, I'm grossed out by not being able to breathe, too. But anyway, um, so you want to talk AFC playoff picture or just get straight to this snubs on this top 100 NFL list? Yeah, let's just do the top 100 because my phone's going to die soon, and I don't have my wall charger. Wow, you are trash. <sighs> okay, says the dude whose phone is literally dead every single day. My phone's never dead. I'm just never Bro, on it. My phone's not dead. Chat, they be like, is Kenny's phone charged? That's because I don't, I'm the only one who doesn't have an iPhone. All y'all kiss my ass. Damn. Yeah, I don't have an iPhone. Bunch of bullies. No, it's a bunch of bullies. Because like, because I said I want to get the G10, the and you're like, no, get an iPhone 6. A, a Star Wars take at 2.30 a.m., and you'll reply. But let someone text you during the day, like, hey, I need Kenny right this second. And you don't reply for like three hours later. And that happened. No, that happened one, one day. Phones, no, because Mancini was like, is Kenny awake? And I was like, dog, I've been awake for like four hours, but it was that, just funnier that, not to say right, anything. That's a rite of passage to be Kenny's friend. Like, you have to be trying to get a hold of him, and then he doesn't, you don't get a hold of him, and he hits you back like two hours later, like, my bad, dog, my phone was dead. Yeah, that happens. That happens a couple times. But. You've done that with at least one of your friends. Yeah. You've done that with every single one of your friends at least one time. And my mom. And my little sister. <laughs> it's just a perk. Of, until I get an iPhone, I feel like that's what it's going to be. But I kind of just want the G10. Like, I'm kind of, I'm like, do I really need an iPhone when I could just get a G10 and that's a terabyte of information? Like, is the iPhone that much better? Even though deep down I know the iPhone has much better apps that I want. Yeah, that's a whole existential crisis I'll get to next year. I have too many of those. And Damn, Pete's phone really died. Wow. How about to say? Did you hang up just because you got tired of me having an existential crisis talking about iPhones and Androids? No, I accidentally hit the... I meant to lock my screen and it hung up. Okay. Alright, so yeah. Let's talk about this uh, this top 100 list. Because, boy oh boy. Like, the media just keeps proving how much they hate Tara Owens and it's never about his actual talent and ability. They just hate him. Ryan Leaf got snuffed, dog. <laughs> That was that was funny. Ryan Leaf made me laugh when he said that. I was like, you know what, Ryan? You're okay. <laughs> You're a swell guy. But Warren Moon got snubbed off top quarterbacks. Explain to me how Warren Moon isn't one of, isn't better than at least seven people on that list. Not one black quarterback made that list. 
like probably the most prolific passing one. I mean, yeah, you you got a point there. Norm Van Brocklin? Okay. Like, here's my beef. These old-timers who pick people from the 30s and 40s when either black people weren't allowed to play with them or when they ran two or three routes and football was really just happy ball. It was just every man for himself running. It wasn't structured at all. And you didn't play with the level of athletes that you have now. And you want to pick. How about. How about. How about Megatron not making the list? Yeah. How about Julio Jones not making the list? How about T.O. not making the list? Isaac Bruce? Uh, Tory Holt? Nah. I would Bro, they had a dude from the 30s on that list. I would put both. I would put Julio over over Isaac Bruce. Okay, that yeah, but that furthers my point that you would sacrifice. I probably put Calvin Johnson over T.O. You're smoking crack, but okay. Well, like he's third all time in touchdowns. T, yeah, T.O. has the stats. Like I'll give you that for sure, but I'm telling you in terms of like it was Randy Moss guy, and T.O. Bro, like and, and Calvin Johnson. Calvin Johnson came after so them. So what is you saying? Like what what are you saying? Who who are two of the greatest athletes you've ever seen play football? Period. Randy Moss, Calvin Johnson. Oh, no, Calvin Johnson's not. No, no, no. Calvin so Johnson's like fifth about? on that list. I'm not here for no Calvin Johnson slander because. I, but Calvin Johnson's not. The not the three greatest. Calvin Johnson's the third greatest athlete I've ever Calvin seen play Johnson football. Literally paid played for the worst team ever. He really did. For the second to worst team ever. Twice. Let's be honest. Play for the worst team twice. So, what are we talking? Bro, Matt Stafford is the best quarterback Calvin Johnson ever played with. And he's the all-time leading passer in Lions history. Yeah, that's like saying you But no, you, you uh, can't you can't exclude TO because Calvin Johnson's great. Nightcap. Like what are you really saying? But you can't exclude you can't say, okay, I'm going to take out T.O. and put in Calvin Johnson. When without T.O., there is no Calvin Johnson. They were the same receiver, but Calvin Johnson was just way more nah, freakishly athletic. Athletically, yes. But right, if well, we're talking about in their primes. I think we can both agree that. T.O. and Randy Moss are a package deal for me. I don't know. I'm just saying, I think we can agree that T.O. And Calvin Johnson should both go on the list before Marvin Harrison and Julio Jones. Yeah, but Marvin Harrison is great. Like, I know Michael Thomas broke his catch oh record. Oh, my God. You slandered Marvin Harrison. No, I didn't because I don't want to get shot. I've never slandered Marvin Harrison. I don't know who told you that lie, but I never slandered yes, Marvin did. Harrison. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. You said Isaac Bruce deserves to be in the Hall of Fame if Marvin Harrison is in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, because they played around the same time. And they were the same receiver almost. Like, Isaac Bruce cut his greatness in half by playing with Torrey Holt. You know that, right? Go look up his best individual receiving season. It was better than Torrey Holt's. Bro, I'm really tired of talking about Isaac Bruce. We talked about him so many times. Because he him, deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Just let him, just let him fade from the future generation. No, no. He wasn't that great. No. He was that he was that great. Shut up. Don't say everybody said Bruce. Say that for his first three seasons. Wow. You're petty. Exactly. You're petty and it's it's disgusting. Uh 
And furthermore, before Tory Holt got there, he was great before Tory Holt. That's what you like are just totally ignoring. I just don't t- trust receivers with the nasal things on their on their picture in NFL game day. Randy Moss did the same thing. <laughs> now you're just being Calvin Johnson did it too, bro. You just don't like Isaac Bruce. Just say it, like. Just say it, and you'll feel better. I like, don't like receivers who have both arm pads and elbow pads. Like it's one or the other. What? You can't have elbow pads and. Um, that was that was Tory Holt that did that. That was Tory Holt that did that early in his career. No, Isaac Bruce did that too, though. He did it one or two times, but that was the Tory Holt thing. Come on, Isaac now Bruce you're just hating. Now you're hating, bro. Now you're just finding reasons to hate Marvin. <laughs> and you know it. Like, you know it. Marvin Johnson didn't, Marvin Harrison didn't wear gloves for a while. That was gross. I mean. I'm saying bro. Isaac Bruce never got packed out in the snow like all the Colts receivers did. How dare you? Who is, outside of Brady, outside of Belichick, who's your coach of the decade? Who's your player of the decade? Like, when you look back at the 2010s, like who are you gonna say? Like really define Andy Reid. Andy Reid's one. Yeah. Mike Tomlin's another. Yeah, I don't know about Tomlin. Tomlin's been to how many Super Bowls this decade? Two. As as many as uh the no, I was gonna say um I was gonna say the other Harbon. Oh, Jim. But he's only been to one Super Bowl. Oh shit! You could say Jim. Yeah, Jim Harbaugh. You could say. Yeah, Jim Harbaugh. Okay. Yeah, the Har. I, I gotta say, Baltimore. No, John Harbaugh. Because Jim Harbaugh is at Michigan, right? Yeah, I was gonna mix up. Yeah, John Harbaugh. Yeah, John Harbaugh. He's one. Uh, Mike Tomlin's another. Andy Reid's another because he went from the Eagles to the Chiefs, and. Patrick Mahomes is better. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback he's ever had. Pete Carroll? Yeah. Pete Carroll's another one. So, I mean, I I would say those are probably the five coaches. Yeah. Oh, Sean Payton. How do we not say Sean Payton? Well, I think Sean Payton didn't win in this decade, though. He won in the last decade. But the Saints have been relevant this whole decade. Is it more just a I mean, Drew Brees, true. Cam Jordan thing? Nah, he's definitely been a part of it, but... That's why I gotta say Sean Payton, too. And he had the whole bounty gate that he set out a whole year. Wait, wasn't that a... Uh, what's his face? The former defensive coordinator, Greg Williams. Six games. I think he caught what six games. Sean Payton caught six games from Bounty Gate. Yeah, I forgot. Damn, I forgot. That's how like long ago that was. I forgot, and they still won without him. So I mean, what about players? What about players? Players of the decade, obviously Calvin Johnson, Julio Jones, um, Cam Newton. Cam Newton really, outside of 
Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees. Like, Cam was the quarterback of this era. Like, he ushered in the era of Lamar Jackson. Like, he never rushed for... Fact check, fact check. Sean Payton was suspended for the whole 2012 season. Wow. Honestly, I'm so used to the Saints winning, and I've totally forgot. And Jonathan Vilma, too. Yeah, but that was bogus. He kind of they kind of blackballed him out. Kind of felt bad for him. He was good, but I mean, it's like the ref should have already get washed. Yeah, he was already washed at the end. But it's like, don't blame him. Blame Greg Williams. Oh, Greg Williams cut the longest suspension. Yeah, but now he's back. Well, that's what happens when you can coach. <laughs> It's true. He had that Ravens defense playing better last year than they are this season, and they had less talent. Um, I just, I just don't really care much for Greg Williams. It's kind of like okay, but, but yeah. So you said Julio Jones and who else? Julio Jones, Calvin Johnson, uh, Cam. Uh, Zeke, nah, it's kind of too early for Zeke, is it? I mean, I think if you take the whole, like, if you factor in college. I have to throw in Zeke. Yeah, if you talk about just football in general, yeah, I could give you Zeke. He took the world by storm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I agree with those. I'm sorry, but Warren Moon is better than Dan Fouts. I just had to say that. I would say probably uh, someone who didn't live up to what they should have this decade. I think it's kind of obviously Andrew Luck. Never got to a Super Bowl. But you could blame the Colts for that. I blame the Colts front office for that. They didn't protect him. Anthony Catanzo was like an okay left tackle. But they never, the Colts never recovered from Tark Glenn retiring. <laughs> they never have. Once Tark Glenn retired, it was over. It was a wrap. And he's the only cow left tackle I can think of that was a first well, round I think pick. The whole, when the whole framing of the situation was like, okay, Manning made two Super Bowls after the Colts, but at least we got Andrew Love for two decades. And then it was like, no, nah, you actually have him for five years. Really? That's all you had him so, for? And you didn't appreciate him? Yeah, so... Who's the most overrated coach of this? You got anybody else? Jason Garrett, obviously. I mean, he's obviously got to be the most overrated coach of the decade. Jason Garrett, Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh, Chick Kelly. Indeed. All the UCLA football head coaches. Jim Moore. Clay Helton. Nah, Jim Moore, in terms of UCLA, what Jim Moore did was successful. He, yeah. I think where they messed up is letting him go. got rid of him the year before or held on to him one more year. Yeah, I agree with that because he was beating UCLA's at, USC's ass. Yeah, so they kind of they, – they, they, the timing of it was just bad. You know, I get it. They kind of felt like, oh, we – you know, LA's up to the taking right now, so we gotta make a take a risk. But 
it was already risky, and then getting Chip Kelly just made it double extra risky. And so, so far, it's like not paid off at all. You know who else? All the Chargers coaches after Martin Schoenheimer. <laughs> North Turner. Oh, uh, we got to mention Ron Rivera, too. I mean, what? He had, did he? No. We got to count Ron Rivera, Brad Childress. No, not Brad Childress. That's a little bit too. That was the other previous decade. Rex Ryan, definitely most overrated head coach. Yeah, for sure. Never made a Super Bowl. But, yeah, most overrated player of the decade. Are you ready for it? I mean, who are you going to say? Obviously, obviously I'd like to say, you know, Gronk or Tom Brady, but you really can't. But I could give you the Mannings, both of them. That's fair. Are you ready for mine? What? J.J. Watt. Nah, he's a two-time defensive player of the year. Overrated. And you want to know I mean, why? You could make, you could say, but you're not saying anything about your black nerd affiliate, Von Miller. Von Miller got them that Super Bowl. What are you talking about? Exactly. What are you talking about? Von Miller got them that Super Bowl, bro. And he's been nothing but Von Miller since. He's been washed. Ten sacks a year. Ten sacks a year. Bare minimum. No. You want to know why I say J.J. Watt? He ain't really doing it like that, though. Because Denver's trash. And they got rid of everybody. Shaquille Barrett leads the league in sacks. It's not like he got to stay with everybody he played defense with. They traded half the roster. Do you want to know I why I say and, and, and Gerald McCoy? Nah, they were just victims of circumstance. I think had and I by the way, Gerald McCoy has six and a half sacks this year, so put some respect on his name in a three four I mean, defense. In terms of like okay, like. Sue, I mean, Sue did kind of shock the world, but... Sue scored a touchdown this year, bro, on defense. No, no, I'm just saying in terms of, like, okay, these players were supposed to be, like, players of the decade, like, but they they were just really good. No, they were great. They still triple team Sue. They're, they're they were generational like talents, is what you're Watt. saying. They're more, yeah, they're more of a... Of uh, overrated than J.J. Watt. No, because I think J.J. Watt wasn't pegged to be the second overall pick in the draft. He was just pegged to be good. He's overachieved in that regard where he got drafted. Because I don't think anybody saw this coming from him. But I say he's overrated in the grand scheme of things is that he didn't elevate the defense that he played on. Some of them defenses were really... Sure about that? Do you want to go back and look at some of those playoff games? have had a good defense for a long time. That's because of J.J. Watt. No, even before when they had Mario Williams, they had a good defense. So I'm saying, yeah, he's Captain America. He's a great player. He's a future Hall of Famer. But when I think of him being the linchpin to a great defense, even when he got hurt, they had Clowney. They had uh, Whitney Merciless. They had uh, their two linebackers. They've like 
they've played good without J.J. Uh, Watt, and he's he just came off IR recently. But I'm saying as far well, as this decade, you look at everything he's become, it's like okay, bro. But you're you didn't transcend what, your defense. What, what was your what was your best moment of the decade? Uh, the Ravens getting that second Super Bowl. Um, the, the Niners and the blackout. Yeah, because I was at work. Yeah, and the, them beating the Patriots in the AFC title game. I was like, good, Brady's reign is over. And then Eli beating Tom Brady. Pretty much any time the Patriots lost, it was good. And then also, now nah, if I had to say. I was going to say, I would, I would have said that was probably my moment when the Giants beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Just because, and, I mean, <laughs> that was one of the greatest things ever. And, you know, no one really gave Eli the, the Giants cr- a chance at all. And, yeah. You know, what they did with David Tyree and Steve Smith, the other Steve Smith, was like crazy. But the second Super Bowl was Mario Manningham, Victor it. Cruz. Yeah, that was the second Super Bowl when they had like, uh, when Eli threw for like f- almost 5,000 yards. And they had Victor Cruz. Uh, Mario Manningham. By the way, we got to do that story on Ruben I Randall. I thought David Tyree was that Super Bowl. No, that's the first Super Bowl. The first Super Bowl was 16-0, and but the second Super Bowl was like, damn, he really owns Tom Brady. Uh, I guess I got to mix up. Honestly, know. that's I, why I, there I was... To, I tend to black out when the Patriots play in the Super Bowl. Yeah, well, I, I was there. I remember. I, I, I was there right with you. No, that was the Seahawks one. It felt like a that was the Patriots once, but still, like that's what I'm saying. It's like that was a Seahawks. Most of this decade is the Patriots winning or losing, and those were the moments for NFL at least. But College what, is but, different. What, but what was what was between the Rams having a chance, being down six in the fourth quarter? That was a trash Super Bowl. The the, the Falcons blowing a 21 point lead. That's the biggest. Or one. the Seahawks. Throwing a pick on the one yard. Seahawks will Which always be worse. Marshawn, that pretty much ended their whole dynasty. Marshawn Lynch, they purposely didn't give him the ball because they didn't want him to be the reason why that they won. They made it personal with Marshawn. I don't think so. Yeah, they did. If you don't give him the ball, like it was obvious they were I'm trying to make sure. Russell Wilson the face of the team. Look at the play calling. Uh, it, the ball was in his hands. I don't understand. How you have a guy average like damn near seven yards a run, seven yards a carry in the Super Bowl practically, and you don't give him the ball on the one-yard line, they ain't stopped him all game. And it goes back to the U.S. Who, who was coach? I blame Daryl Bevel. I blame the offensive coordinator. Who was coach? Who was what? And, and, and what similar situation does that give you PTSD to? You went the USC game because Vince Young's knee was down. That's what I'm and saying. And Reggie Bush should have been on the field. When they did, but they didn't even play Reggie's. And they didn't play Marshawn. But my thing is, like, Wait. that's that's different. That was just bad it's play really call. Not, no. Because really his defense fell apart at the end. The If you look at the Seahawks' defense didn't really fall apart. That's why I think but there's a there's an argument to be said. The only reason why they even went to overtime was because Reggie wasn't on the field. 
Well, we know that, but that's a whole different story. And I'm mad because that was Keith Jackson's last broadcasting. It was the last time he ever broadcasted. Keith Jackson retired yeah, after man, that USC Texas I'm, game. I'm gonna I'm gonna sign off for the decade, but I really just wanted to kind of bring everything together. It's really crazy when you think about how long this podcast has been going. Um, like I really have been podcasting for the better part of a decade, like seven years altogether now, which is really crazy and wild. You think about it because it's always just been something that I kind of stumbled into. But yet, like, I keep stumbling in the opportunities to do it. So, it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, and, and so, sometimes, like I always say, sometimes when you're winning, you're really losing. So, shout out to the Raiders for still having a glimmer of playoff hopes. Um, I really don't care about the playoffs at all, because what's the point of showing up if you're not going to win? Cue the play to win the game drop. But, yeah. The point is they took that one off. It's not just it's not just get in, baby. It's just win, baby. So yes, I want the Raiders to beat the Broncos, but because the Broncos, I hope suck. that happens. And one of the four things that the Raiders need don't happen because what the Raiders don't need, what I don't need, is an ass whipping from KC or Houston on Wild Card Weekend, or another season of Derek Carr, or another season of Paul Gunther, like. You're gonna get that. We don't. I don't. I'm probably. I might get that anyways. But I definitely don't need a eight and eight playoff berth to be the reason why. I think that eight and eight Hugh Jackson it's team is better than this team. It's a farce. It, it's clouded. Honestly, I think they're pretty similar. I think that that team's better. Talent wise, talent wise, that team was better. But I'm saying like. In terms of like when you look at it, like how their their season unfolded, it was it's pretty much the same. Shout out to Darren McFadden. Uh, but yeah, man. So it's been a crazy decade being a Raider fan. It's really just been a blur of inconsistency, rebuilds, retools, and, and Khalil Mack and L- Charles Woodson. And LA got flirted with for a really long time. You know, basically my whole life, and now we have two football teams. We really only kind of want half of both, so it's kind of weird. <laughs> we have, like, yeah. <laughs> so I don't really know what to say because half the I'm sorry, Ramley. I'm sorry, Ramley, but like I called it. Like I hate to say it, but last year was really your window. Like you need to score in that fourth quarter because now you essentially got to pay Jalen Ramsey and Corey Littleton and. You still have Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks, who are who they've always been. Good players, great players. Cooks got like one more concussion but, left in him. But they're limited. They're limited by their size. They're limited by their availability. So I think they, they're a team who, who could use a – not maybe not an upgrade at receiver, but definitely somebody somebody else to throw in there as well. Plus Gurley's Just to free knee. up more stuff for those guys. And then you also got Gurley on the book still. You got Goff on the book. And they really neglected that offensive line because they keep trading away all their picks for all these players with clout. And their offensive line is really struggling. Oh, they gotta resign Brockers, who's been like really a quiet, consistent player for them since they've gotten to Los Angeles. So, 
The Rams got a lot of shit to figure out. Luckily, they have the money and the facilities in L.A., so I think they can. But when you really think about it, like, when you really think about it and you look at these two rosters, it's like the Chargers really just need a quarterback. Yeah, they just need Cam Newton. A quarterback who can start turning over the ball. And a left tackle. A running back who can actually, you know, hit a third gear and not fumble in clutch situations. Austin Eckler's going to get paid. Honestly, I'm keeping Eckler over Gordon. Eckler has like seven touchdowns. Eckler's going to get paid more than Gordon will. For sure. And, And so just... Again, just through some of the whole decade, it's been a crazy decade for LA football. It's been a crazy decade for Oakland. You know, the Rays are going to Vegas, and it's just been a really crazy time in my life, going from a college kid to a sports media adjacent professional, whatever you want to call me. But nah, take out the adjacent. You're I'm, a sports media professional. <laughs> I guess. PR aficionado. But yeah, man, it's been a hell of a ride. Um, looking forward to what the 2020s bring. Hope everyone had a Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's time to it's time, time to do big things. I'm excited. So I'm out. Have a good rest of your show. Try not to go over too much longer. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, and I probably should say it one more time, at the end of the day. At the end of the decade? <laughs> At the end of the decade, that's the title of the show. All right, man. Touchdowns and tangents. Shout out to X Squad Affiliates, FBC Radio, Good News Radio Station. Shout out to Serve. Shout out to Kenny. Shout out to everyone who listens. Loves your favorite podcast apps. Have fun, guys. Peace. 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 And safe travels. Shout out to Eastern Michigan quarterback Mike Glass for getting ejected. Against Pittsburgh because he punched the referee and a player. That just happened like eight minutes ago. That's hilarious. Pete beat Mich- Pittsburgh beat uh, Eastern Michigan now. But yeah, shout out to Pete. <clears throat> when I think about how Pete and I first met, like even like just the setup to how we met, it was kind of just based heavily in sports. <clears throat> and uh, we both realized uh, we're diehard Raider fans, even though I want nothing to do with the Raiders right now because they're just a tragic embarrassment. And honestly, the only I think thing- you're going through the stages of grief right now. Yeah, I think it's either you're in, either you're in anger bargaining. or in denial. Yeah, I'm kind of really at acceptance. Accepting that they're just. But I think you're still at an anger point because if you have nothing to do with the, the <laughs> you're in that. Like I said, you're in between denial, anger, again to I, that acceptance. You're getting true. there. I don't even really watch them play anymore. I just look at the fantasy numbers, and even then, I finished sixth in my fantasy league on some bullshit. Lost. I won on like a four game win streak. Beat the number one seed twice, and then somehow lose on some tricky bullshit. And missed the playoffs by one game, and then beat the guy who won the who won the league last year. That was great. I beat his ass by like thirty points. 
That was amazing. Then lose to somebody who I've been beating all year. Lose to them by 20 points because Aaron Jones went off and had like 37 points. So that was fun. So fuck fantasy football. Excuse my language. I wasn't. Even, I was gonna not cuss this episode, but you know what? Might as well in the decade the way I started it, swearing profusely. But <clears throat> sorry, mom. Anyway, let's get to a couple more things on the rundown. Cause yeah, when I think about that top 100 list, I just I'm pissed at like a lot of boomers and people in the media, older people. They want to throw up these guys from the 30s and 40s who played in 50s and say that they're the level of athlete and the low, and the caliber of talent of these guys who played in the 90s and 2000s who I grew up watching. And I'm like, they did things that if you put them back in those times, they'd have even better numbers. I don't know some of these guys who played way back then who also worked at a steel mill and played football Pretty sure they wouldn't be an all pro in today's times. <clears throat> Maybe I'm wrong for that, but I just don't. I think at a certain, like, shout out to my trainer at the gym. He's talking about how, because uh, he's a huge baseball aficionado. He tell he has like so many numbers in his head and stats in his head about like the Negro leagues and everything. And he was like, he brought up the point. He's like, you can't really consider who's the greatest in baseball before 1940 or like, like you can't start at like 19, you don't start to like 1940 or something like that because you can't really consider Babe Ruth the greatest player of all time. Cause he never played against black players and apparently he got struck out by a girl and they quickly got rid of that. And it's like, can you count something before integration? Not really. When I look at, <clears throat> that top 100 list, you have no receivers from this decade. I mean, for the quarterback list, they threw in, yeah, Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, but I'm like, you could throw in Drew Brees too. And they had like Norm Van Brocklin, Joe Namath. Joe Namath, his career numbers are atrocious, by the way. I think he has like a losing winning percentage, if I'm not mistaken. And he almost has more interceptions than he does touchdowns, but because he made a guarantee it won a Super Bowl, He's on the all-time list over Warren Moon, who threw for ungodly amount of numbers and only wasn't allowed to play in the NFL as a black quarterback. Coming out of college and winning a Rose Bowl at Washington, they wanted him to play DB and safety. He had to go to Canada and then ended up being the greatest Canadian football player of all time, only to come back to the NFL when he was like in his 30s towards the end of his career and put up all-pro numbers with the Houston Oilers. And it's like, that's why I'm glad this decade is ending with like the renaissance of black quarterback play. The fact that Lamar Jackson leads the league in touchdown passes and only has thrown like I think six or eight and destroyed Michael Vick's rushing record, single season rushing record, and didn't run at the combine. He's like, y'all know I'm fast. Go watch my tape. And he, his mom and him refused to be anything but a quarterback. That's how we're ending this decade. That's what I'm like. I'll look back on history and be like, I'm thankful that happened. I'm thankful there's so, there's a lot of great receivers in this past decade. But I'm also not considering anybody before 1950 or 60 and going to say, yeah, these guys were the greatest receivers or greatest players to ever play. Because honestly, 
you can't. It's not comparable. I think the talent level was much lower back then. You got guys like Jim Brown who played. But I think you also need to take in consideration, too, that, like, these people are saying that they're the greatest of all time because this was a sport that was pioneering at the time. So, um, unlike now, where I'm not knocking the credit of the talent of these people, this, this is what they wake up and sleep and eat. You know what I mean? Football. So they had the time and, and because there's been an establishment of rules of how to do things, what's considered um, a good play, what's considered a good runner, what's considered all these things, they're able to condition themselves to to excel and be that level of talent compared to the 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 people who started in the, the 50s and 60s who kind of set that path to be what – what it means to be a great quarterback or a wide receiver. Now, again, I'm not saying that um, I'm not trying to discredit what today or I'm not discrediting the people in the past. I'm just I'm kind of understanding where they're coming from because I feel like in that time it would be like th- this is this is something I feel like in each time that we're in right now, they're the best of their era. They're the best of their era. So because there's a lot of things that, like you said, that they could not do a lot of tricks or a lot of shit that they couldn't do now. If you know, or like you said, the players who are put in the same position now, they wouldn't be able to do. But I feel like vice versa, like the the strength of the men in the past boggles me because they didn't have that much padding and the impact that they were taking. That wows me. So I, there is some wow factor that I can appreciate, but I also see where you're coming from where it's like, well, no, there's. Niggas have a lot of talent and they're fast and they and and it's they've had I don't I guess what you're trying to say like more the game is much more yeah. difficult now and right. more advanced than it was back then right so some of these old guys you just got to leave in the past yes that's true that is very true like I can't sit up here and say uh, the dude one of the dudes they had on the list he played like during World War Two. Like, yeah, there's some guys who were great back then, but it's like, okay, you didn't put them in the Hall of Fame when you had the chance. So now, like, when the senior awards and all that come around and they say this person should be a senior nominee for the Hall of Fame, but then you want to sit up here and act like a guy like T.O. is easily one of the five greatest receivers of all time when he's literally top five in almost every statistical category but then you don't put him on the list. You don't let him be a first battle Hall of Famer, which is what he should have been. And then you don't put him on the list. You put him, you put Larry Fitzgerald over him. And it's like, come on. Like, Larry Fitzgerald's great. He's one of the greatest receivers ever. But, I mean, he's stuck around and honestly padded stats on terrible teams, if we're being honest. He's padding stats on terrible Cardinals teams. T.O. went to Buffalo and almost had 1,000 yards. With I don't know who the hell was playing quarterback, put up numbers in Cincinnati. He put up numbers everywhere he went: Dallas, Philly, San Francisco, the Bengals, the Bills. He put up numbers. Randy Moss. I mean, we like to forget after those Patriot years. I pretty much like to forget it. But the Vikings. That one year in Oakland, he still had a thousand yards. Like Randy Moss, T.O. Package, like their package deal, because those were the two best in their era. 
Um, you could throw in this area and say, yeah, Julio Jones, Calvin Johnson right there. You might even say Antonio Brown at one point, but the issue is, yeah, you're going to leave out somebody. So that's just, uh, one of those things. But anyway, uh, we'll get to ball games next week or next year. I should say <laughs> you're already starting those jokes. Yep. But I'm pumping. Most appropriate. Yeah. I knew that going in. Shout out to Joe Burrow out here going 10 of 12 winning basketball jump shot competitions against Oklahoma's team. That dude was was an all-star basketball player in high school, too. Um, Anyway, rest in peace to Edward Ashoff. A-S-C-H-O-F-F. Sorry if I can't pronounce his last name. (coughs) He was 34. He died of pneumonia. Huge console ball analyst, journalist, everybody all over the internet spoke on his name, how great of a person he was. And he died on his birthday, Christmas Eve, which, like, really sucks. So, blessings to him and his family. Condolences. Um, and yeah, man, when you're sick, take care of yourself. Go to the hospital because he was tweeting about having pneumonia. And you think when you're young, you get pneumonia, like, well, I'll be all right. Dude was only 34. Dropped dead in pneumonia. Got in his lungs. It's it's scary. It's crazy. That's why, like, you can't you can't play when it comes to your health. Um, but speaking of stories about health, Liberty head coach Hugh Freeze uh, led his team to their first bowl victory ever. Um, he spent most of the season, like, in a hospital bed because he was having health issues, too. And he finally was able to show up and be on the sidelines or in the press box. Um, and got a Gatorade bath for it. Good for him. Um, people are saying Lincoln Riley might go to the Cowboys. It would really just be another Jason Garrett situation, but I'll wait till Pete comes back next year to talk about that. <clears throat> By the way, so it's going to play quick game. Of okay, so Robert Griffin III, aka RG3, starting week 17 versus the Steelers as Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews, and uh, Mark Ingram are all going to be resting up. Nurse some wounds, some injuries, and they've already locked up the number one seed. So. I personally think it's fantastic. And hopefully RG3 uh, beats the Steelers decisively and knocks them out of the playoffs. Because I hate the Steelers. I am a Raiders fan, but I will always hate the Steelers. There's just there's just no love there whatsoever. <clears throat> also, yeah, we already talked about it, but J.J. Watt is back from IR. Now, for that was actually probably one of the shortest taker tangents. <laughs> that was actually the shortest taker tangent, like on record, on record history before the decade and ended. Kenny did the shortest uh, taker wait, taker tangent. Yep, and setting a record. Might as well last episode of the year. 
And honestly, there's probably about a two-minute timer on my voice right now. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Terrible. Pete's just going to give me shit forever about this. So, uh, Terrell Suggs got picked up by the Kansas City Chiefs on waivers. I'm going to set a touchdown for their pass rush because I think they run a 4-3. And he was a 4-3 and coming out of Arizona State. So... He really wanted to go back to the Ravens, but I mean, they were, they didn't really put in a waiver request because they were last on the list. So they didn't even think they were going to get a chance to get him because he got put on waivers by Arizona. And yeah, so now he plays for the Chiefs. I think he's wearing, I forget what number he's wearing. I don't think it's 55 though. But Terrell Suggs on the Chiefs just is kind of gross. But whatever. Also, yeah, the Ravens are kidding. The, the Ravens are sitting a bunch of their starters against the Steelers. And honestly, just for the sake of a rivalry game, it's weird. I think it's still going to be intense because the Steelers have a great defense. But I kind of hope the Ravens don't just treat this as a throwaway game because you don't ever want to see the Steelers three times in one year. I remember when the, you just don't want that problem in the AFC North. The Steelers have bumped people out of the playoffs after seeing somebody three times. Even if they lost during the regular season, you just don't want that. Um, Demarcus Lawrence said after a loss, yet another loss to the Eagles, uh, which probably might knock them out of the playoffs, uh, describing the Cowboys season, talent without direction is nothing. And he's right, which is probably a shot at Jason Garrett. <clears throat> I honestly think Ron Rivera might be the next guy to come in just so they can he can solely focus on the defense and Jerry can pretty much be a de facto offensive coordinator because Jerry's never letting go of the Cowboys. It's just not happening. But speaking of other Cowboys news, by the way, yeah, I said that what's as far as what DeMarcus Lawrence said, that's pretty much a touchdown. And it's sad. They might lose Dak Prescott too if, if Jerry doesn't pay him. And Amari Cooper. But anyway, Landon Vander Esch, former first-round pick for the Cowboys out of Boise State, <clears throat> who got killed by Washington in their bowl game. Um, he's trying to play with spinal stenosis. Same thing that uh, former wrestler Edge had, which forced him to retire. Same thing that Hall of Fame receiver and former Cowboy Michael Irvin had, which forced him to retire. Leighton Vanderage, pretty much he's getting uh, a minimally evasive nerve surgery done to where he should be able to play with spinal stenosis. He's had it since he was a child. And I'm going to say it's a turnover. Like, I get they want him to play. Honestly, all three of the Cowboys linebackers have, like, incredibly insane injury histories. Jalen Smith had his knee destroyed coming out of college. Sean Lee's been injured for like seven years. And now Vander Esch. Like, when they're all healthy, yeah, it's probably the best linebacking core in the league. But they all have some type of injury. I mean, Smith is the healthiest one right now. But when it comes to Vander Esch, it's kind of sad because he's such a great player. And hopefully the spinal stenosis works out. But it's just a turnover for their whole linebacker situation because they all have injury problems. Okay, now on to some good news of the week. (sighs) 
I just wanted to hit that button one more time. So, Matthew Stafford and his wife went to, <coughs> and his wife Kelly, went to um, a kid, some kids' houses um, to play Madden with the kids. The, the two boys lost their father, and Matthew Stafford and Kelly, the video is like really heartwarming. Comes in with them, plays Madden with the kids, you know, made their Christmas really great. And Matthew Stafford has broken bones in his back from injuries he's had with the Lions this year. He's on IRs. It's the most time he's missed in his career. And his wife, Kelly, uh, had a non-cancerous brain tumor removed earlier this year. And there's a whole story on that. And the fact that they, like, kind of, you know, paid it forward and made these kids... Christmas better, their year better. That's really dope. So that's some great news. Some more great news. Cowboys tackle Lyle Collins bought his mother a house. Anytime you buy your mother a house, it's just a special feeling. It's really dope. And for a guy who had his draft stock ruined by a fake rape allegation and fell all the way to the seventh round, I think. That's, uh, no, I don't think he got drafted. I think he went totally undrafted. He was supposed to be a first-round pick and totally fell. Um, congrats to Lyle Collins. So, happy for him. Um, yeah. Antonio Brown's in therapy, losing his damn mind. His dad said he's in a dark place. He came out with a rap video that was just unbearable whole lot of money with a bunch of white girls in it. No white girls 2020. I'm confused. But whatever. So we're just going to get straight to the unnecessary toughness range. You want to go first serve? Sure. Is it like a reflection of the decade? I don't know how to do this. (laughs) I mean, yeah. The decade, the year, everything, I guess. I mean, when the decade started, I was seven. Wait, what? When the decade started, I was six going on seven, actually, yes. No, no, yeah, yeah. That was ten years. You're you're not 17 right now. Oh, fuck. Wow. No, I'm saying, no, no, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm thinking 2000. We 2010. (laughs) Yes, 20 years ago. I am high as fuck. I don't know why I'm thinking like I was 17. Okay. um, Wow. Okay, so okay. ten years ago, two thousand ten, two thousand ten, twenty nineteen. Okay, two thousand ten. I was. Oh uh, I'm sorry. Shut up. I was a senior in high school. Well, shit, still feels the same. Seven, seventeen. Shit. Nah, that's twenty years. Leave me alone, y'all. I was high. I'm high. <coughs> wow. Anyways, so yeah. Oh my god. God. I know, I know Pete is going to roast me coming back. 20 years? Oh, leave me alone. Anyway, so oh, 2010, I was 16 going on 17, going into my senior year. Oh, my God. So naive, <laughs> so young. And here I am, 26 years old. Oh. Uh, slightly still naive, but I've learned a lot within the past 10 years. Um, it was a lot of trial and tribulations. A lot of sad things happened this decade. A lot of good things happened as well. Um, 
it's just interesting. I guess what's most interesting to say about this decade, and I know I'm just, it's going to be like super random, but I think the advancement of technology and how fast we've, you know, how far we came and how, like I said, like how fast everything has developed and they have these new iPhone, like everything is new. They have all these new specs, all these new things when it comes to everyone's device and it's just trippy because i remember you know being in 2010 and it was like having a sidekick you were you were the shit and now here we are iphone 11 is about to come out and wireless earphones and head you know hands-free everything and you could do anything with a touch of the button so it's just interesting to see and um I've also gained a lot of new connections and friendships and obviously touchdowns and tangents is one of them, which I'm very thankful for. I met them, you know, early this year and I've came so far. I still have so much more to learn and so much more to do. So I'm just, I just wanted to shout out, um, Pete and Kenny. Uh, I appreciate you guys for still Having me on here, um, even though I came from intern serve to social media serve to the Fed serve to ref serve, I have all these titles, but I wear it with pride. Um, Still might be a Fed. It's okay. It's okay. I might be. I might got wires on me right now. Who knows? But um, you guys are dope. I appreciate it. You guys for real taught me a lot. Gave me a lot of confidence and a lot of um, just. just a lot of drive and just seeing how you guys, you know, work and, and hearing people talk about where you guys came from and listen to you guys' story. It's pretty dope to know that you guys are like, you know, one of the pioneers to set these things, especially for good news. A shout out to good news. You guys are dope as fuck. Um, but it's just dope that you guys were, you know, one of the OGs and here I am tagging along with the OGs. So, um, I appreciate y'all, and yeah, we're going to come into 2020, 2020 vision, new things, good things. Um, for all my all the audience out there and the listeners out there, appreciate y'all, um, you know, and uh, yeah, here we are going to come in 2020 with better things, and leave that shit behind us, that weak shit. Ow. Dope, dope, dope. Ah, uh, okay. Now to make some people cry. Uh-oh. Oh, man. Like, if you'd have told me I'd be in a studio doing a radio show 160 episodes deep. I mean, there's some that we don't count as canon, so technically we're at... <sighs> We've done probably over 160 officially for Touchdowns and Tandas, but I think this, is, this goes down to like 156. But, like, if you'd have told me have a radio show, be creating content on my own every week. When I was a senior in high school, fresh off an injury, fresh off just wanted to be done with high school because I hated everybody and I was hooked on painkillers and living in motel rooms and all types of foul shit, like just dealing with a lot. And he told me I would grad, I would end up being a college graduate. Uh, overcoming a lot of odds, a lot of pain and heartache. I would have, I probably wouldn't have believed you. Um, 
or at least it would be in the back of my mind. But I can honestly say, from sitting in a motel room the night after grad night, looking up at the fan at like 7 in the morning, asking myself, what the fuck am I going to do with my life? And 10 years later, to figure that out, to answer that question, and peace out, sir. Have a happy new year. To figure that out and to make something of myself. Damn, that was a loud ass screech. <clears throat> to make something of myself in these past 10 years and do everything that I've done. I'm just, I'm thankful and I'm blessed. I'm thankful I have people like Pete who push me to be better and push me to get out and and do more things. Because there was there, Pete, Mancini, Andrew... Ryan, Daisy, it's a bunch of people, a handful of people. Jordan, Raul, Brandon, a lot of cats, homie Eric. It's a lot of people who, when I was going through a really dark time at CSUN, like, they held me down. They, even if we didn't always see each other, it was always, you know, uplifting words or, you know, just just having my back. And I really appreciate that. And the fact that Judah told me, like, yeah, you're going to link up with this, uh, you know, with a guy named Keith Good News, the Oracle, the Podfather, and, you know, you're going to be at the studio doing your show to where you don't have to go and do it in parking lots of hood Chinese spots and uh, Joe's Crab Shack and all these other random-ass places. Now you're going to have a studio, you're going to have a home to where you can come and practice your art form and practice all the content that you're putting out. You can do that. You can you have a place to do that. And then you're going to build with these people. You're going to have showcases. You're going to sell out a show. You're going to help be a part of a showcase that's sold out. You're going to um, help spark people reaching out to you, asking you for help and what you can, you know, what you've learned. And then you end up in a second sports studio good news beautiful state of the art equipment to where you can create and again you have this time slot like if you'd have told me I'd have all this in my lap and it's all natural and organic and earned you'd have told me that 10 years ago probably wouldn't have believed you wouldn't have much faith in myself and um I just want to thank everybody out there who's had faith in me man who's who's believed in me when I've had some really crazy dreams and visions that have honestly all come true. Like, I think uh, I was a little bit depressed after graduation. I was like, damn, everything I set out for myself this past decade, this year, like, I've done it. So now I'm just in the process of coming up with more things that I want to do before I turn 30, you know, next year in the next decade of my life. Cause my sister's 20, my little sister, she's 23. Her next decade is different from mine. Like, so I just want to thank everybody out there who's listened, who has hung in there with touchdowns and tangents. We're going to do even bigger and better stuff next year. Going to focus more beginning of the year, covering more all-star games. Might even see us at the senior bowl in Alabama. You never know, but just thank you for hanging in with us. 
supporting Pete and I, our vision and our dreams. And we will definitely make sure we reward you with more effort, more content, and all that. And I just want to say, love you. Love your loved ones. Hold them close. You know, tell people you care about that you care about them before the year's over. Do that. Don't go in the next year with no beefs, no pain in your heart, no malice. It's not worth it. Like, trust me, as someone who knows what, like, the apex of anger looks and feels like, it's really just darkness and depression. Like, some shit you just got to let go and move on with your life. And you, some baggage you don't need to carry with you. You can just leave that shit where it is because you don't need it anymore. So, parting words, thank y'all, love y'all, enjoy the rest of 2019, it's been a hell of a decade, uh, let's attack this next decade with even more passion and intensity and love and all that good stuff, uh, and also, Drake is um, the biggest industry plant of this past decade, and he's full of shit, and he's kind of mad pussy for talking about Pusha T the way he did. In that interview on Rap Radar. I think it was totally trash. I think if you have the diss track. You should just release it. Or stop talking shit. Because I'm pretty sure you're not a street dude Drake. Pretty sure you're definitely an industry plant. Because when you were in Degrassi. Nobody was like oh my god. Jimmy got bars. I didn't hear that from anybody. When old boy got stabbed to death. Out on the street. And everybody was sad watching Degrassi. I, nobody was like you know what I want to hear. A fucking mixtape from Jimmy in a wheelchair. No one was talking about that. So, like, Drake is a legend and one of the greatest artists of this past decade. But, like, stop talking shit about Pusha T because you're not a street dude. And you're either going to expose the industry ties or you're not. But, like, don't, don't, don't do that. Like, that, that's just lame. Because people look up to Drake. People see that. And we already got way too much clout chasing and stunting. That is. Um, but anyway. Uh, that's done and over with. Touchdowns and Tangents. You can look us up on touchdownsandtangents.com. My name is Kenneth Frank James Barry. Closing out the decade. Last show of 2019. Good news sports. Good news radio. Fuck with us. It's a movement. Doing great things every day, every week. They just did the clothes drive. They just went down to Skid Row and gave out clothes and socks and your underwear garments and all that. Like, good news is the family doing great things with a bunch of unique family members doing their own thing. Salute to Mark. Mark Bland. Blessings to you. Condolences to you and your family with everything your dad. Kyrie, get well soon. You know, shout out to Ladies Night. Everybody. Salute, and we are out of here, mostly me, and I'm going to go rest my voice, because I'm pretty sure my voice box might explode. Salute to y'all, touchdowns and tangents. And I got to do this just because, and Star Wars really wasn't that bad. button oops 
How fitting that this year would end like that. Free mode. Go X Squad Affiliates. Salute. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.